Hi, welcome. This is Carmen Kadir. So excited to have you guys join us on Nevermind the Gap. This is an amazing podcast that Lindsay Hanari and myself have decided to, you know, open up to the public and just have some conversations around um, what the gap really means for everyone. We are two professionals that have actually found our own way to success uh, through different paths in our journey, but we're very excited to share that with you and other topics in this podcast. And I'm going to go ahead and briefly introduce myself. I am a healthcare and academic medical center executive coach and consultant. Um, so my niche in my world has been mainly in the healthcare industry and just very excited in general just to have these conversations around, you know, any type of um, setting that you may be in on a professional, personal level. And now I will introduce Lindsay Hanari and have her just say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> My name is Lindsay Hanari, and I'm very excited to be here with Carmen. Uh, this podcast grew out of our conversations um, on, as professional women, as um, people who have pivoted in their careers and are really fascinated in, you know, how to make work um, the professional life, um, and how to make things better, um, whether it's getting unstuck, whether it's some consulting work um, on process flow and operations, but ultimately very concerned about how individuals and leaders can thrive in their professional settings. Um, and I myself am an executive and leadership coach. I came from the world of financial and professional services. And I work with leaders and executives to either work on themselves um, with their teams or take an organization through some type of change. Um, and this particular episode is called Filling the Gap. And the goal of it is to create an awareness around if we're always so busy, even if it's not work-related, to stop and pause and ask yourself, why am I doing this? What is it bringing me? And is this how or where I want to spend my energy? Wonderful. That's actually a wonderful um, introduction. Beginning to our episode. Thank you so much. I mean, you know, when you think about it at home and at work, you know, busy culture, a lot of times worsens, you know, the problems that we're in and the promises to actually resolve some of those complex problems. So it, it's it's interesting when people say, you know, I'm just so busy. And I always mm -hmm. wonder what that what that actually means. Um and I think, you know, in all work cultures, busy, you know, actually does stem from the top. I think it does come from the top a lot of times with, with depending with the leadership they have in place. And so it's just kind of like this trickle down effect to everyone else. But in general, I mean, what does being busy mean? And so I really loved how you, you know, frame those questions around, you know, what is this bringing me and is this where and how I would like to spend my energy? 
Yeah, and it 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 really struck me. Um, I was listening to a podcast by Tara Brock. Uh, she is a Buddhist teacher and thinker, which makes me sound a lot deeper than I actually am. I actually just like her really soothing voice. But she <laughs> <laughs> she she was talking in one uh, episode about um, you know we're human beings, not human doings. Mm -hmm. And exactly what you said, what's behind our being so busy all the time. Um, And, you know, it was really that tied into uh, some of the instructors I had in my coach training. And they had this, you know, in coaching, there are these pressure words, I have to, I need to, or I should. And one of them said, we should all stop shooting all over ourselves. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's that, you know, coaching happens in the pause. Awareness happens in the pause. And ask yourself, wait, what's behind that should? Who's pointing their fingers? Who's going to be judging us? According to whom? And usually it's something fear-based, that's driving filling this gap. I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good employee. I'm not a good manager. I'm not, um, I should do this. I should be present. I should do that. And, you know, it goes into another coaching concept called catastrophizing. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not good enough at my job or as a parent or as a partner, as a friend, I'm going to disappoint others. And then, you know, all of our trains of thought end in a catastrophic funeral, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm going to get fired. I'm going to drag my family into poverty or Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring shame. And and it's like we go ahead. And I was just going to say, to be honest with you, those are very legitimate sentiments, because I feel like at some point, even in my own life, I've I've definitely um, can relate to that. You know, that sense of of, you know, the catastrophizing that you're talking about, the concept of it's 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 gloom or doom. (laughs) Um, And so I I think in this particular situation, when you don't feel that you're at your, what you think is your, your peak, your max potential of capabilities, you're really not being productive. You're really not out there, you know, taking care of the things that you need to, whether it is related to work or on a personal level. So um, it's just so fascinating, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, uh, very relevant. I mean, these are things that we struggle with all the time. So I I hope to think we're kind of normal in that these struggles are pretty universal. And, um, you know, sort of this binary thinking, um, but it it leads to, I think you were talking about um, an article you read in the Harvard Business Review that, that can be used to sort of counter some of this, especially at work. Yes. I mean, th- this was actually a, a wonderful article by Ser- Serenity Gibbons, and it was published in 2020. So just very interesting, just right sort of smack in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and she talks really about, you know, what are some of the ways that we can counter the toxic culture of busyness, as she calls it. Uh, but the three strategies that she actually listed was, you know, incentivizing boundary setting. So, you know, praising employees yourself for awarding that extra time off. You know, you brought up just the pause and and I don't think that many people take the pause. And so when you do take the pause, I think it's valuable to perhaps 
have that self-awareness that you're finally doing that and to award yourself or to award those that work with you for doing that, for, for actually requesting that extra time off. Um, and then the second thing she brings up was, you know, focusing on your core contribution. So um, countering that busy culture means saying no, right, to things that are not necessarily aligned with our priorities. So to ask ourselves really how impactful is this to me? Um, and, and along with the impact, how long is this going to take to do? So timing to the impact and if it's impactful at all um, is a great question to ask yourself. So to focus on that core contribution, you know, does it really bring value? Is there a value proposition for me to be doing this um, for others, for the organization, even for myself? Mm-hmm. And I think the third one that she also mentioned was just leaning on lateral and external influencers. So, you know, um, leaning on those individuals that actually will see this, see what you're doing. Um, but it's, it's positive peer pressure. It's not negativity or toxicity. So, uh, surrounding yourself around the individuals that actually can praise you for value-based work, um, and, and for things that you are actually achieving that are important to you for your own efforts and contribution versus just doing it just to stay busy. Because, you know, hey, the organization tells you you need to have a meeting scheduled at every slot time <laughs> between Ugh. hours of eight and five. I know. So actually leaning on influencers that actually will praise you for just focusing on the things that are important for you and brings value proposition to you. I would take that one step further and let others know. Like mm-hmm. the one phrase in my house um, that I I am aware now to say, oh, wait, you're not in my head. So how will you know this is what I'm thinking and doing? Right. But, you know, letting people know, hey, from the hours of 11 to 12 or 12 to 1.30, I'm going to be processing. You know, I'm going to block my calendar mm-hmm. so I can process all the work and be prepared for the next. So it also involves a level of communication and letting others know not only what you're doing, but why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and and you know, th- there's another side to this, too, which you and I were talking about last time, too, when we chatted about this is, you know, what becomes possible when you say no? Um, yeah. What do you let in? Um, you know, what do you say yes when you're actually saying no to something. So that to me is actually very powerful because if we're always filled with so much noise that surrounds mm-hmm. us every single day and there is lots of noise, you know, external noise that surrounds us, you know, at what point are we blocking possibilities that could exist, that could make us more creative, that could make us more innovative in our own space, that could make us find a sense of peace and calm too. So not just talking about the professional, let's go back to the the work-life balance part. You know, what about the fact that you're blocking out potential um, it, moments of calm and peace um, to center yourself and to actually reflect, to be reflective, like you had mentioned previously on what, you know, what, what, what do I really want? What are my priorities um, and where am I headed? So I, I, I think That's actually the value of saying no and the power, as I say, the power of saying no. Yeah. And it takes into um, another concept that I think we, (laughs) I'd love to see it more here, but that's just not our American work culture. And it's not a a judgment. It's just noticing a difference. 
this Italian concept of il dolce far niente, which literally translates to the sweetness of doing nothing. Um, in American culture, we have to earn the break, right? We have to work mm -hmm. hard and do the workout <laughs> and push through that and earn the break. And in Italian and other Latin cultures, their viewpoint is they deserve the break. Mm -hmm. And there's a deliberate pause during the day to refresh and to re-energize. And some of that was around, it was just too darn hot, you mm -hmm. know, especially in Southern hemispheres um, or warm climates. Um, but what that turned into was, let's take a pause during the day. Uh, lunch was usually the uh, heftier meal. Um, and, you know, I was actually listening to a podcast in Spanish because I'm trying to improve my Spanish. Um, and oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been fun. And they were talking about the siesta. And it's not mm -hmm. like you go and take a two hour nap is you go indoors, you have a meal, and you close your eyes for 30 or 40 minutes, no longer. And it's kind of like, you know, sleeping, you know, your computer sleeping and rebooting your computer, which one clears mm -hmm. out all of the cookies, which one increases the operating speed. Um, and I just, I don't see that happening in U.S. culture, but for those of us who do have more agency over our schedules, I think, you know, rather than feeling, oh, I didn't do anything today, or I I have nothing to show for, you know, this afternoon where I didn't have meetings or I wasn't doing kids stuff, um, is stop feeling guilty about taking right. a break. Right. I think it's so beautiful that you highlight these other cultures, too, that actually, you know, um, they believe in deserving the break, like you're saying. And I, by the way, I, I really think it's incredible how you said earn the break. Um, we've fallen so deep into that hole of earning, you know, a, a break, a time, you know, earning time to be reflective, um, earning time to actually take a moment and reassess, you know, what's in front of you. What are some things that you still have to address during the day? You know, at, at what point did we shift to actually having to earn all of that? I don't know. I think that that should automatically be a part of our uh, workflow process every day at work. And even our flow process at home is to have moments of clarity. Um, otherwise, you know, I, I don't actually see us, you know, making the right decisions that that actually, again, bring value to ourselves. So it's incredible to see these cultures actually do that. And I do remember, you know, you brought up the Latin culture. I, I actually do remember um, experiencing some of that is, is having those moments of break and not constantly be this energizer bunny, um, just kind of recharging going all the time. And, you know, if you think of it that way too, I mean, we, we're not, um, we don't have endless batteries, you know, we have mm -hmm. to learn to unplug and, you know, we have to learn to, to find a moment to disconnect from the external world. Uh, and, and this is something that just generally is not done anymore. And I don't know about you, Lindsay, but I find that, you know, in every sector that um, I've worked with um, every industry, you know, it's, it's kind of the same theme. It's a very similar theme. It's the hustle and bustle mm -hmm. and, and, and it's whatever that can get squeezed out of you. But, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out, I think, in the future when we look at the workforce and what's happening to see exactly, you know, at what point 
do corporations and organizations actually start pivoting to more, you know, incorporating like a wellness component and, and, and not deserving the break. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it reminds me of these companies. Oh, we have unlimited time off. Yeah. But everyone's <laughs> no one, no one's going to be the first to signal that they're taking it. Right. Um, you know, and it brings up something else. Like you mentioned two things that came up for me. Uh, the first is, you know, we have to earn it. That implies that there's a deficit or something mm -hmm. owed. And I, that just popped up in my head. The other is, you know, we have no, in this culture, um, a way to, you know, take these thoughtful pauses. Um, but then I thought, oh, but we have retreats. And then I thought about the word, you retreat mm -hmm. from the doing so that you can focus on the being, or if you do it, consistently you get to treat yourself over and over again but right. you know there's there's a short easy one that you know someone can do and we've all heard about the benefits of taking a walk after sitting for a long time in front of a computer mm -hmm. um and i know it's hard to not have your phone especially those with little kids and and being needed but even 10 or 15 minutes um there's something that goes on neurologically, you tap the other side of your brain when you take mm -hmm. a walk, when you're physical. Um, and if you don't have a phone, if you can look safely at the tops of the trees, it gives you something to focus on. It gives you a vision of an impression of nature. You're going to be noticing mm -hmm. different things. And, um, you know, just hearing the birds and what have you. Uh, but it also you know, when we do walk, we tend to be looking down. Obviously, we don't want to trip, but we're looking at our phones, we're looking at right, mm -hmm. what's right in front of us. And just walking, you know, go around the block for 10 minutes. You know, when you can look up at the trees, it gives your mind mm -hmm. something else to focus on without focusing on anything. I find that can be a really refreshing break as well. And that's where I usually get my breakthroughs and my ahas is when I'm not trying. Yeah, I, it's beautiful. It's actually a really beautiful tip, I think. I, I definitely agree. The more that you're able to connect um, with nature and just spend moments, that moment of solitude with, with the beauty that's around you that we actually don't a lot of times pay attention to and we're not grateful to have, um, you know, it, it is, is very important. I think that is very important. So I, I love your tip. I really do. And that's actually, you know, one of the things that I do um, as well is, is I would say I probably take a walk in the morning at some point in the mid morning as a break. And I try to do it, you know, late in the evening. So I try to connect with what's around us, you know, without having to look at my phone twice. And it really, it, it does wonders. I think it's, it's definitely a beautiful tip. So thank you so much for even sharing that. Yeah. Oh no, my pleasure. I mean, it's my sanity break and you should see the look on my dog's face because <laughs> when I'm with them, I have to be looking at the ground, where they're going, what they're doing. Uh, you know, the focus is on them, which is fine. They get plenty of attention, but when I can, I'll, I'll go take myself for a walk. Right, right. That's actually right. Um, and and just to add to that, I mean, because you asked, what do you notice? You 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 know, you do notice that a lot of ideas, fresh ideas, do start coming to you. The other thing that I noticed too is that a lot of non-work related things actually do start happening. <laughs> um, so yes, I get fresh ideas about work and and things that I have to take care of of work and you know how to go about it in different angles, 
um, that will be the most productive. But then I also get moments of thinking for other things that has nothing to do with work, which I rarely have time to do. So focusing on things that, you know, I think would be beneficial to the kids, to both of my kids, um, and things that I just have to do around the house, like other projects that I want to take care of. I mean, things that you're kind of sidelining, right? Because you just don't have that clarity, that time, that moment of free, um, you know, space to do it. So, you know, I, it adds so much value to to taking a walk in terms of everything else that comes up that you sort of suppress during the entire day. And the only things that are really coming up during the day is work related. And you're kind of suppressing the other aspects of your life. So that's actually what I do notice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a wonderful exercise. Well, this has been super fun and a great break for me. Um, and it sounds like you've got um, some pretty amazing takeaways. Mine is that I am pretty good about taking breaks. I still beat myself up about them. Um, but you know, with this awareness of how do I want to spend my energy? It's not just our time, but our energy. And you know, filling the gap with busyness depletes my energy and actually makes me less present, less aware, whether it's for family, for clients. Um, so I'm going to end this podcast and go take a walk. Sounds wonderful. Well, I definitely am very excited for all of those that were able to join us today. This is actually our very first episode of Nevermind the Gap. Please, please follow us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We will be definitely on all of the platforms uh, of your choice for podcasting. So we're so excited to continue these conversations with everyone and hope to bring a little flavor of what we're thinking um, as two executive and, and leadership coaches and consultants. So looking forward to the next one. And I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Take care. 